turns out the social animal perk was like unlocking a whole other tree of just insane stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's like the price we pay is that we don't like being alone and we have grooming habits and that's all we get. <laughs> that's, that's the only downside for the social animal stat buff. Yep. You've uh, gained teamwork. You've also gained anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am your host, Blue, and I am joined once again. She's back from the Suez. Red, how are you doing? What's cracking? I'm back from digging out that boat that feels like it happened a million years ago at this point. Time isn't real, and today we have a wonderful special guest. Uh, everyone say hello to Tearzu, a.k.a. Patch. Thank you so much for, for coming on to the podcast today. We're so happy to have you. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this will be a blast. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Uh, we've been uh, fans of your channel for a very long time, um, uh, from you know, long, long days before, uh, before I think either of us got like super, super big. So it was <laughs> no. like, really fun to, to kind of like, you know, close the loops and, uh, and uh, make the, the professional connection and, and have you on the show. So this will be great. Yeah, um, the feeling's mutual, I promise. Aww. <laughs> it's it's amazing, like, in the YouTube space, it, it it kind of seems like like everybody's supposed to know each other, but we all live so far away, and there hasn't been a real VidCon in, like, three years, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard yep. to make those professional connections. Uh, but in our case, Patch, uh, you and I met uh, because of, of Hello Future Me, because he brought us uh, both on our to play Tim. a game of Age of Empires, <laughs> where yeah. we, uh, yeah. we uh, did not uh, reign victorious. Uh, on that day, despite Tim's best efforts, because he likes playing no. on hard mode. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fairly competent at that game, and I will say yeah. my strategy of summoning like a hundred elephant soldiers uh, didn't quite pan out the way that Aww. I had envisioned in my mind. So we'll get him next time, probably. <laughs> probably not actually, but um, we'll get, get him next time. Over it, was the elves. To, it was a good way to meet, you know, trial by fire, it, forge our uh, uh, brethren. Forge in flames. Exactly. Yeah. It is a wonderful way to make professional connections. Like, hey, hi, how's it going? Uh, okay, also, by the way, uh, my castle's attacked. I need your help. Uh, <laughs> it, it's fun, but... I still um, think hey. that Among Us is the ultimate way to meet and make friends with new people because there's no better way to bond than thinking you might stab each other at a moment's notice. Yeah. Genuinely, it, like, I probably <laughs> met more content creators over the past, you know, six months through Among Us than I had, like, going to VidCon. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, honestly, the weirder experience that I've observed is finding out that people who you're a fan of are also a fan of you. Because, like, that's kind of how we first, like, made contact with Joe Cat because he donated to one of our streams. And I was like, oh, Joe yeah. Cat donated. And you and your roommate were like, jo Joe Cat! Oh, my God, we love the crap guide to D&D! And I was just sitting there like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what's happened? But, like, like, half the cast of Dragon Ball Abridged follows us on Twitter, and that blows my mind. So it's just, it's so weird. All those, all those, like, mutual fan connections feel so weird and so cool. You truly never know for sure, like, what creators that you like and are aware of also are aware that your channel exists until they're like, oh, wait, you know, in, in our case, like, oh, I've been a fan of your videos for so long. It's like, what? That's a thing? Whoa. What? So it's it, not so like, oh, we're YouTubers. We're so cool. We're, we're just normal ass people. Uh, yep. We just make videos yeah. for, for funsies. Um, it really so is a surreal experience, though. It, Two way parasocial surreal. relationships. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. That's yeah. exactly how I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking of, uh, of this YouTube business, uh, we make videos for a living. Six uh, we segue. should uh, start right. off by, by talking about a few of them. My most recent video was uh, nothing uh, terribly momentous. It was just an April Fool's video about uh, uh, our, our wonderful cat Cleo, which everyone yes. seems to enjoy, which, which is good. Uh, that video has a 99.9% like dislike ratio. That's that's how you know you've done well. But uh, Red, the, the the true treasure on OSP for the past two weeks was uh, was your Loki video. Oh, that yeah. one's been in the works for um, two years. Uh, uh, about five years after Lindisfarne happened, you started researching <laughs> the Loki video. Uh, yes. What was it like to, to put that one together and finally uh, close the book on that uh, monster of a research project? Uh, nightmarish, actually. Thank you for asking. Uh, the thing with Loki is... Um, the, the thing with any mythological research project is there is always more stuff. Like, there's always more... The, the corpus of writing about them is always way more massive than you can ever compile into anything of reasonable length. Like, there are whole books about this guy. There, there's You could make, like, a full-length, like, six-hour miniseries just unpacking some of those Viking runestones. Uh, so, obviously, cramming it into half an hour was kind of the real challenge. 
And uh, basically, the first time I did a research pass, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 okay, Loki, he's weird, okay, etymology. And then, like, I kept doing more research passes, and every time I found exactly as much stuff as I had <laughs> on the first pass. So basically, it was a matter of, like, scraping through it until eventually I was like, I think I've got something for everything. I think I can, like, write up a coherent-ish, linear-ish narrative where the conclusion is, who the fuck knows? Okay, cool. <laughs> Once I figured out that I was not going to reach any kind of conclusion in this video, I was like, all right, the pressure's off. I can just talk about how this is absolute bullshit and go from there. I don't need to take a side or defend a thesis. I can just say, we literally don't have enough information. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you, you, you come to that conclusion, but that was after spending the time to go through every single possible avenue and explain why we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did miss a couple things. Um, our, our buddy, uh, Adam, did a like companion lecture afterwards, and he was messaging me about it. Like, all right, I'm going to complain only about two things that you did. <laughs> One of them, uh, sorry, three things. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Of, of the gaffes in that video, uh, one of them is that I said that the Poetic Edda was from roughly the same time as the Prose Edda. It's actually like at least a century earlier. I didn't think that that difference was really worth bringing up on that timescale, but it is important to note that the Poetic Edda actually predates Snorri's hot mess. Uh, one of them was when I said that uh, the uh, Viking Age seems to have been like partially kicked off as like a, a direct retributive response to the uh, the arrival of missionaries. And apparently that's a theory, but it's not a particularly widely accepted one. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's I, I had mentioned e. that in my Viking Age video, but as, as one of a handful of things, some people take the very simplistic approach of like, oh, it was just population pressure. And that's definitely not it. It was a lot of factors that contributed to the Viking Age being such a thing. So, I mean, what you said was correct. It's not the whole answer. It is still, yeah. you know, in, in a sense, uh, uh, partially accurate, uh, if, yep. if, if only like, you know, missing and the third, mission. The third gaffe is uh, I cited the writings of Jan de Vries, who de Vries. was unfortunately <laughs> a Nazi, like just a straight up actual Nazi, which sucks because he also wrote like a ton of the corpus of literature about this. And when I was telling, when, when Adam was like, yeah, you cited a Nazi, I was like, dicks. And he was like, yeah, yeah, but listen, listen, unfortunately you kind of can't get around citing Nazis. It's friggin' Viking mythology. They're, they're all over this, unfortunately. So... Yeah, all things considered, three fuck-ups in a half-hour video is not bad. Um, not bad at all. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've certainly managed to cram more in, in much shorter videos, so well done. <laughs> I, I, I thank was going to say, you. usually our videos are, are like five or ten, so we, we still average about that many. Yeah. Um, and even as soon as I post a video, I'll see like in the first ten comments, it's like, you should have said this, and I'm like, ah, damn, you're right. More um, commonly, you'll so. get people being like, why doesn't your map show this one tiny island <laughs> in this one location? Or this one province of Denmark. It's like, how how far in are you zooming to see that that's not included? What are you doing, man? Yeah. Well, you can blame that on me. Those were my maps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So overall, a fun time. Um, it, it's, I mean, that video has been in the works for so long. Like, I, I changed over computers while working on that video. I recorded it, actually, I think a while ago. It, it was one of those things where I had the script done a while back, and then I was just like compiling visuals and it was taking forever and it was just sitting there taunting me and eventually I was like, I'm gonna put out Loki this year, it's gonna happen. But um, I mean, I really wanted to get it right. You know, when you're researching something like this, it feels like every time you run into a new piece of information, you're like, does this undo everything I've, <laughs> I've already got on the conspiracy board? Do I need to get more thumbtacks and string? But uh, that's, I feel like that's a common process i think patch you can you can probably uh have some some insight and experience on this too where you come across a specific tidbit of information where it's like is this ignorable a footnote a sentence a paragraph or does it destroy the entire point of making this video <laughs> and you have yeah, to and yeah. you have to assess that scale every single time you get one of those a hundred percent yeah absolutely i i find that the uh, most vocal complainers about misinformation in my videos tend to be the paleontology community because there's so <laughs> many it's it's mind blowing because despite the fact that paleontologists study things that are millions and millions of years old the evolution of the science itself and how quickly information becomes outdated is mm -hmm. unbelievably fast like yeah. anything you read from from 5 years ago even probably outdated 10 years ago don't even bother like it's <laughs> ridiculous mm -hmm. if you try if you ask 10 different scientists whether or not tyrannosaurus rex was a scavenger predator combination God. of both you're going to get 10 different answers and so trying to make wow. a video about that 
I get complaints <laughs> constantly. You know, the funny thing is, all the paleontologists I know are surprisingly chill about that kind of thing because they know that stuff. Like, I, yeah, I took a, yeah. a dinosaur science class several years ago, and like the night before we went out on our big dig field trip, we watched Jurassic Park, and I was kind of sitting there like, guys, I thought like you wouldn't oh, like amen. us, and they were like, no, That's no, no, so Jurassic Park hear. is, it's like, it's why we all got into this, and then like, obviously we're watching it, we're like, oh, velociraptors should be smaller, that's more like a Dinodocus, but it's like, who yeah. fuck cares? <laughs> this showed us real, like, like tangible dinosaurs on screen, it, you know, yeah. it's, I think the people complaining are, you know, there, there's definitely some, some of them types in paleontology, but most of the ones I've met are just in it for the joy, and the, uh, the crazy dinosaurness. I also feel like we get those kinds of uh, of corners of the community everywhere, and just depending on what you're you're doing, you'll 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 find a certain like angle of of the people who take on that role. So you know, for history, I, I could probably point to uh, a couple a couple places like the equivalent of paleontology for me, where it's like, oh, blue, you done it now, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's always yeah. like that. At least a lot in my of people... case with with uh, with animals, especially modern day animals. If I say stuff that's either, well, it's harder to get stuff wrong about modern day animals since you can you know, yeah. look at them. Yeah. But uh, generally people don't get too offended if I get things wrong, which is good. Like this is the reason like I would never want to get into politics because you get into politics <laughs> and you say something wrong, people can actually get hurt. Yep. But animals, who cares? You say someone's favorite animal is low tier trash, no one cares, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> It, Someone always I, likes I the low-tier trash. That is a benefit of the format is that you can kind of like put up the shield of like this is game analysis in addition yeah, to being yeah. like, you know, ecology and biodiversity analysis where you can, you know, talk about the way that certain animals work and how, you know, things uh, interact with their metas. And because you're dealing with game analysis, you can use some of that vocabulary of like a gaming community saying, oh, yeah, so... Uh, this cheetah, oh my god, what what a, what a waste of a build! Uh, and yeah. you know, you, you can say that stuff, and it's 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 more it's more okay because it's kind of in that that environment, which is one of the things I love about your channel so much is yeah. how you have constructed such a interesting shorthand to talk about biodiversity that makes so much sense to yeah. you know to, to our audience, I appreciate people, it. people who have even a passing uh, experience in gaming. Thanks. I do. You're right. I do have kind of like plausible deniability for when mm -hmm. I get stuff wrong. People are like, oh, yep. no, he actually meant it like this. And I'll read the comments and be like, well, sure, we'll go I with mean, that. You know, yeah. there, there's also the fact that like anyone who wants to like complain about the accuracy of your stuff kind of has to get on your level first in the sense that like yeah, they, they can't yeah. just say like this is factually incorrect about lions they have to be like how dare you say they are mid-tier trash like <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. already losing credibility just by having to speak your language to complain yeah. that's, absolutely that's a fantastic point <laughs> yeah it's a good time mm. so uh, i guess on the subject uh, of the way that you uh construct your videos it is such an interesting way to, to go about the discussion uh when you're when you're going about uh, making new videos sometimes you'll do like tier lists sometimes you'll do deep dives into the way that uh you know one particular build or one particular class works um yep. what's your i i don't want to ask too too like basic a question of like oh what's your process but like as you're you're thinking <laughs> sure. of where do you get your of, ideas you know the the way that you analyze the the proverbial game how do you go about categorizing the builds and the different uh animals and and the the tiers and and all that stuff Sure. Yeah. So I think the impetus for most of my videos tends to be whenever I stumble upon a really, really cool clip that I can get <laughs> access to. So I, what I have to do is spend like a ton of time sifting through Pond5 and Getty Images and Storyblocks mm -hmm. and Shutterstock and whatever the heck, whatever else uh, uh, stock footage uh, libraries that I have access to. And just looking for something that is a little bit more interesting than just an animal sitting there because that's what a lot of the stock footage is is just yeah. static shots of an animal doing whatever but once in a while i'll find one that's like whoa that animal <laughs> did something crazy and i want to talk about it and, I, and i'm gonna try to fit as many of those clips into one video as possible that's cool yeah you mentioned i do some that are just one animal like kind of a build analysis versus a tier list and really it's it tends to be like with the tier lists it's animals that I can't find very many clips of, but I found like one or two really good ones. And so I mm -hmm. try to fit a whole bunch of those in one video. Whereas like something like my latest video was cheetahs and cheetahs are obviously one of my favorite animals, very popular animal, very easy to film because they live in wide open spaces in yeah. Africa where there are a lot of safari trips and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of great clips 
of cheetahs doing stuff. I managed to get a, get a hold of a whole bunch of clips like that, turn that into a video, and just cut from there. It's like, okay, how can I frame this narrative, and how yeah. can I discuss their special abilities and talk about their pros and cons? Because it is really interesting. Like for example, cheetahs having really high speed, they have to adapt very specifically to do that. And one of the things that I found was, oh, okay, they in order to go really fast, they have non-retractable claws, which mm. is different from most cats. Most cats, they have retractable claws. They go in and out whenever they need them. But cheetahs, their claws are always extended, which gives them extra traction on the ground, allows them to get a better grip, move faster, make tighter turns. But it does reduce the potential claw damage that they could do <laughs> if they were to swipe at a predator or a or prey animal because mm. they're constantly running on them and that dulls their claws. And so it's kind of a trade-off. And, and so the whole conceit of the video is how can I frame this? How can I bring both of these positives and negatives, pros and cons to light and show them to the audience and kind of sure I draw my own conclusion and, and state in the video like, oh, I think cheetahs are low tier. But really <laughs> it's, just, it's just about getting the information out there and yeah. using that as a as a using the tier list thing as kind of a framework to make the video interesting, but to lead the audience to their own conclusion, you know, if they, if the audience thinks, Oh, you know, really the fact that they have dull claws doesn't really matter. I don't care about that. I still think cheetahs are a fearsome force to be reckoned with. They can draw that own conclusion. And, and that's even part of the point that you make is like cheetahs are cool, except, you know, and then there are all these drawbacks with it. So yeah, I think I wouldn't want to be nice a cheetah. About, no. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that's nice about the way you construct your, your videos is how you, you, you know, you, you present the facts of, of the build and of the creature, but then you, you still leave room for like, you can still like love a build, even if it's not optimal. And, and that's part of the fun of it is like, not all animals will, will be yeah. optimized. That's how biodiversity that's how it, works. That's how biodiversity works. And also how video games work. Because yeah. I mean, in all the like fighting games that I play, I don't pick the best character. I pick the character that I like the most. And I like yeah, to play exactly. the most. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and if you've ever been a part of a competitive gaming community, you know people are always fighting about what their favorite, what the best character is, whether or not their God. different abilities actually have that much effect yeah. at top level play or mid level play, whatever, what have you. So that's how it goes. I think, and I, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, just at like a certain level of analysis, fighting games stop being fun. And it's like, what is the point of playing a fighting game if you are just stressing over hitboxes and chip damage and like, you know, frame perfect? It's like, none of that's fun. You play fighting games so you can yell at people <laughs> and hit them right. virtually. <laughs> like, I don't play Ike in Smash Bros because I think he's like the best character. I play him because he's simple and every one of his buttons is hit something. <laughs> I say I play Pit and that's because he can fly <laughs> around and his attacks are fast. And you yep. can shoot the arrow and curve the arrow, and that's really fun. That's why yeah. I like it. <laughs> and Pit is like not, I mean, Ike at least kind of hits like a train. In my experience, Pit is like frustrating until you get one good hit on him, and Pit then he is just the goes death flying. by a thousand cuts. And yeah, yeah hit, even his strongest attacks, compared to some characters, it's like hitting with a, nap, a wet napkin, and it's like, <laughs> yep, oh. <laughs> yep. Especially if you're playing somebody tanky, it's just like, oh, that's adorable. Yep. Let me just wind up my side A real quick. It's just, you know, it's it, it's fun because you you're like you like the character. You don't even necessarily care about the game they're from. You're just like, this is my boy. I read exactly. the boy. I've actually <laughs> never played Kid Icarus at all. It seems I've never like played a, great a Fire Emblem game. game. Never <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it, me either. <laughs> yeah, who cares? I I'm just here to taunt and have a good time. I think the fluidity of how easily we went from a discussion of the Cheetah video to just talking about Smash Bros is such a great illustration of how like fundamentally perfect the underlying analogy of your channel is of like mm -hmm. Animal Kingdom as competitive online multiplayer game is that yep. all of these shorthand around like builds and abilities and like evolution points and stuff. And even where like with evolution points is probably the most like contrived aspect of, yeah, of, of yeah. the, of the analogy. Like so much of it makes logical sense to someone who is versed in the way that, that, that games work, but also someone who is coming at it more from a, Hey, I like animals perspective. It just, it, it's such a good way to talk about this stuff. And it's such an easy yep. shorthand that so many people have a basis in compared to the amount of people who have training as, um, you know, uh, ecologists or, you know, zoologists or, or, or anything of that sort. So a, just like props to coming out of the gate with such a wonderful, <laughs> informative and just fun and cool and memeable way to talk about animals. Well, like thank the, you. the way that yeah. you do your editing. I'm so glad you think so. I, I do like the fact that it's accessible and also the fact that it tends to get people interested in biology who generally 
wouldn't be normally. Mm. I mean, how yeah. often do you get Super Smash Brothers players <laughs> hyper invested in whether or not the hippo is the best African <laughs> creature? You know, yeah. so that's, yeah. those are the kind of things I love to see. It gives them a point of, I won't say point of reference because it's not like Smash Bros. players don't know animals exist, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> it gives them a uh, a perspective on it that's like funny and kind of tongue in cheek, but also, you know, genuinely educational because it's easy to remember fun facts about animals if you're framing them as like with a large hitbox and a, yeah. an excellent yeah. alt. <laughs> this animal is, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to what we kind of try and do by taking these potentially kind of dry and boring subjects and telling them in a fun and engaging way. It's, you know, it's, it's taking what is genuinely interesting information that can be hard to see the value in and framing it in a context that makes that value more visible, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every time when I watch your videos and you're talking about a trope and like, it always happens where I'll like something will pop into my mind. I'm like, oh, like this sounds like when this happened in this mm. episode of whatever the heck anime <laughs> or cartoon that I was watching. And then you'll mention it in the video. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you said that, the thing. <laughs> that's what I love because like, it's kind of, it's win-win for me because if I mention the example, people will be like, fuck yeah, that example. And if I don't, people in the comments will be like, just like this yeah, example. Yeah, and they do half like my work forgot. for me. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to watch shows that I wouldn't necessarily be invested in because the guys who already have are like, hey, you're saying yes. the thing that happened in the thing. So good. Engagement for days. You get so yes. much, so many comments. <laughs> so many comments. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love the different ways that that content can be conveyed and presented on YouTube. And I think like, you know, your channel and our channel do things in somewhat similar ways, but like still so, you know, fundamentally different in how we construct and present information. It's it's so interesting to see like in the, the world of like educational entertainment, YouTube, how much variety and diversity there is to the different ways that uh, that channels can present information. So I just, I, I think it's cool to, to yeah. see how the, how the community exists in kind of like, uh, like a, a spectrum of, of, of different like permutations and, and, and yeah. presentation I'll be styles. honest, I was surprised to see that our audiences were so, had so much overlap. Yeah. Know, so there's just that new YouTube feature where you can tell, okay, other channels your audience watches, other videos your audience watches. Mm -hmm. I was mostly expecting it to be like SciShow and PBS stuff, uh, mostly like the other educational biology stuff. And yep. so I was pleasantly surprised to see, I mean, not that I don't love that stuff too, but of course. to see OSP up uh, up high on the rankings was great. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's similar uh, for us. And it's, it's always interesting because it's, it's not often like a direct correlation of like topics to topics, but it, it usually is like in the way that information is presented and the, the, the fun uh, and just exciting approach to the, the stuff that even if like someone who previously has no interest in history or no interest in myths or no interest in animals, and then suddenly it's like, but have you considered it's really fun and cool? Yep. And everyone's like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then you can, <laughs> can easily get uh, similar groups of people into totally different topics just because the the quality of presentation is, is very good in, in both uh in both fields, but I, I, I'm, I'm heaping praise too effusively. I think it might be time to, uh, uh, to wrap up and, uh, and move on to, uh, sure. Keep the Q &A section. Um, yes. but, uh, before we do that, uh, we have a couple quick, uh, announcements, uh, to make. And by a couple, I, I don't know why I'm lying to you. It's only one. We have, uh, our, our <laughs> Loki so pin, um, uh, one pin, uh, not a pack this time, just one comes with some stickers. Very fun. Uh, including, yep. uh, Red's favorite design ever jailed for fish crimes and also murder. Uh, that is on crimes. our crowdmade shop uh, for the next week and a half from the day this podcast goes up. Um, mm. So uh, check the link in the show notes. Uh, it's only up for, for two weeks total. Um, if you miss it, you'll have another chance at the end of November. But why take the risk? Uh, if you like the Loki pin, just go grab it. Um, so <laughs> that's fun. I uh, really love that pin. It's it's so it's so uh, cool. The backing card has a little fish. Very, very sneaky. So uh, many A little fish. bit of, of shape-shifting humor there. So... Um, if you like the Loki video, uh, do consider getting the pin. Many of you already have, which is frightening. Uh, Over the 3, analytics are constantly you, changing. Actually. Even our partners at Crowdmate are like, what the hell, guys? Yeah. Your fans really like the pins. It's like, we have good fans and we make good pins. I mean, yes. <laughs> I, it's it's genuinely like almost incomprehensible to us at this point. It's like, yeah. oh, the number went up. And then like, I'll just be chilling. I'll be like, the number, the number is so high. <laughs> It'll go back to being like, yeah, numbers, whatever. I don't know, man. Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah. real until suddenly I'm like, how many fucking people? What the anyway. Oh, yeah, speaking, so. of, speaking of animals, uh, my cat Cleo just came running out of my bedroom meowing oh. at me. Oh, oh God. Hello, little Miss Cleo. Do you have anything to say to the microphone? 
Uh, well, now Adoring she's a little, fans. a little silent, angry cat. Cleo, meow, Aww. meow, do it. Please. No, no, she's nah, giving us nah, the she's not cooperating. Okay. okay. Fine, Cleo. Be You'll just have way. to take our word for it. The cat was definitely here. We can add a meow in post, I'm sure. Anyway, no. let's move on. <laughs> we no, need we're not adding a meow in post. I, I got to jump in here. We need organic, ethically no, 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 no. sourced meows only. <laughs> we're not ADRing your cat. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the uh, the Q and A section of the podcast. Yeah. and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We are joined by the ever-lovely Tirzo, a.k.a. Patch, today for these questions from you guys, the loyal fans over on the uh, Discord channel. This first question comes from uh, one of our patrons. If you would like to support the channel, besides buying pins, you can also become a Patreon member (laughs) and have a chance for your question to be read first on the podcast. This question comes from Dodo Sandwich. Well, the obvious question with Tearzoo on the pod is, how does the mythological animal tier list look like, roughly? Oh, the Hmm. mythological animal tier list. Now, this is this is a request I've gotten quite a few times uh, (laughs) and I haven't I haven't managed to do it yet. Because there's there's so many cool mythological animals to talk about. Yeah, there are so yeah. many. such a wide <laughs> but, net. But where do I get the footage though? Like I can't. Mm. Like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Getty Images doesn't have dragon footage, so I can't just rip that. That's some um, weak shit, Getty Images. Get on that. Yeah, like there's, come on there's, now. What's that? There's so that long? old like stop motion Jason and the Argonauts uh, movie with like the skeleton things. You know, oh, there, yeah. there's yeah. some footage. <laughs> you know, start pulling out kaiju movies, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, use yes. like 2013's Clash of the Titans as a uh, source of <laughs> as a documentary. What a weird I, I have movie a few that things that I've been hoping to do, kind of related to the mythological stuff. I ha- I've been thinking about doing like. Uh, flora and fauna of the Avatar: The Last Airbender slash oh, Legend of Korra that's cool. tier list. Yes. I think that'd be kind of fun. Uh, just a general mythological. I mean, I think dragons are kind of an easy pick for S tier. First of all, they're very diverse. Yep. Second of all, everything about them is just like super overpowered. <laughs> you know, super yeah. thick, immune to anything. Skin, a projectile weapon that does insane damage and has a huge range. And then, of course, you've got basically everything else about it is. The same as a dinosaur. Except well, they can also, they can also inflict so, and inflict poison breathing, sometimes. The one problem sure. with breathing fire is extremely high risk of early onset lung disease. <laughs> I certainly believe it. You know, and actually, also, Discovery like, Channel made a documentary once, or a mockumentary, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of dragons. What if they were real? And they, I remember they had like a this crazy animated clip of a dragon like shooting fire at a T-Rex. <laughs> it was super ridiculous. Like, they really showed this. They really put this on TV. This was yeah. funded by a guy who hates paleontology. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, I bet Sue. You, I bet you the paleontologist community absolutely despises these fake things. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, dragons like... S tier. That's, that's all yeah, I can that's really say so far without researching more. Well, the difficulty there, honestly, is because dragons are portrayed in so many different ways. Like, and I mean, I, you know, I have a whole video about this, but like there, there's some points of consistency. But a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, if you if you have Fafnir, oh, he's got a massive weak point on the belly and he gets mm-hmm. taken out in literally one hit. He He's like there for two pages and then he dies and it's not very interesting. So that's, you know kind of a glaring weakness and you know then there's like in certain more modern media when they kind of try and make it so the dragon is a little more sciencey sometimes they're like oh they're full of a flammable gas so if you you know hit them <laughs> with a fire attack it's game over so you know like in jaws people keep trying to give yeah yeah people keep trying to give dragons weaknesses uh because otherwise it's just supremely unfair um it is and what what those weaknesses are kind of you know change mm-hmm. oh they've got missing scales so if you can like hit them frame perfect with like a projectile. Frame be- perfect. Yeah. Now there's a great, there's a great video game term. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the effective hitbox uh, on the, the dragon is extremely small. Uh, in the case of Smaug, it's like under his armpit or something. Uh, Underbelly. And it's different yeah. between the book and the movies because in the book, uh, he's just like encrusted with like gems and, and gold and it serves as armor. Whereas in the, in the movies, he's just scaly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What are some other good mythological creatures that I'd have to put on the list? I mean, you like can Kraken, do like, like Kraken. Uh, oh, Kraken's, Kraken's so good. Uh, giants, uh, Cyclopses is a side, okay. like a spinoff of Giants. Um, yeah. Yep. 
I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of these things that it's like, they show up in folktales, but are they really monsters? So, like, would you classify, yeah. like, fairies as monsters? And if you're doing fairies, are we talking, like, you know, the little Tinkerbell sprite types or, you know, the queen of the fae yeah. abducting Tamlin in the night? You, you, you know, of course. I have yeah, done a cryptozoology tier list. That so one things great. like that's Bigfoot and Loch Ness and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of pseudo-mythological, depending on yeah. your viewpoint. Then you get like centaurs is like, oh, they, they have really good team comps and they're crazy good with long range because like they run really fast. They're horses yep. on the bottom and they always have bows. <laughs> but they're... they are vulnerable to status effects because they are notoriously drunk all the time. So oh, clearly yeah. not really? much. In is, it, the... yeah. is it centaurs we're talking about? Is that I hear that yeah, right? Yeah, centaurs. Uh, okay. Centaurs are like... Uh, they're like rowdy and uh, aggressive, and a lot of the time in Greek mythology, it's like, like them and satyrs both kind of fill the role of like swooping in while drunk and abducting people so that heroes can kill. You know, it's 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 like a whole thing. Um, if they but snap yeah. an ankle, it's game over. <laughs> yeah, they have all the weaknesses of the horse, which that's one of the big ones. You break a leg, mm -hmm. you're done. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a... Yeah, I mean, even just limiting it to Greek mythology, like you've got a bunch of noteworthy dragons, but you also have mm -hmm. like um, Hydra, Hydra, Scylla and Charybdis, and there's a lot of like cursed beings that end up turning into monsters, um, like a Minotaur. Like oh yeah, ah. Medusa. Ah. That was the joke. Minotaur. The joke. Yeah, the Minotaur. Yeah, and you know, there's things like the Nemean lion, the Larian hydra, all the mm. things Heracles mm. fought, uh, the Caledonian boar. There you go. I'm just playing they, through the game Hades right now. So oh, this is all so it's very relevant. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Greek There's mythology. There's the footage. There's all the footage you need. Honestly. Honestly. True. But yeah. Greek mythology does have the slight problem that most of the monsters are unique beings. Like with centaurs, it's like a species, but with most of them, it's like there's no other Scyllas and Charybdises. It's just those two. Mm -hmm. and, it's just the one. You know, is that yeah, the plural the of those names? No. <laughs> Don't get on me I've on this, man. <laughs> Scylla. Charybdi? <laughs> Probably not, because those are Latin suffixes. I don't know what it would be <sighs> in Greek. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> We're irritating red to untenable levels, so we'll move on to another let's, question. <laughs> let's go ahead. <laughs> All right. Keep her moving. Oh, Keep her moving. This next question comes from Comrade. To everyone, what is the best animal in Avatar The Last Airbender, and why is it Bosco Ooh. the regular bear? I, I was going to say the bear. <laughs> it's just the bear. I am a huge fan nice. of Bosco and his silly vest. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, the turtle ducks are pretty cute. Those turtle are ducks cute. are very cute, yeah. yeah. But um, would a real turtle duck be able to fly? That's the question. Because mm -hmm. wouldn't you be super heavy if you have oh, a yeah, shell? Oh, yeah, you'd be way too heavy. Like, couldn't yeah. they fly? Doesn't Do, that I negate the main advantage of being a duck? I'm surprised they can even float with that, with that shell like that. It's probably not very buoyant, I'd imagine. <laughs> I mean, turtles can float, so, you know. But, like, with... <laughs> Does the feathers? I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> here I am making bold claims on a field I have very little knowledge about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, My man. favorite is the um, the one that is ridden by the the huntress. I forget oh, her oh, name. Oh yeah, salamander like lizard, a, John. Yeah, it's like a mole mole rat. Um, yeah. With it yeah, it has some, like a poison tongue. It's called. I think it's Shirshu. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think that's it. Yeah, the fight between Appa and that, that creature is super cool, and that's like uh, I when I if I do a, a Last Airbender creature tier list, that those are definitely going to be like the top tiers. Is going to be yeah. those two creatures butting heads. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like all of the creatures that have like so in that universe, you have the the sky bison and the badger moles badger and moles. the dragons. Mm -hmm as like the teachers of the bending thing and also the moon, but that, yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> One of those things. But yeah, all like the, the original bender creatures are guaranteed to be top tier, I think, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm a fan of Momo because it's like he was precision designed to be the adorable mascot. Like yes. sometimes you can just tell when you're looking at a show, you're like, which of these creatures was designed for plushies and which one was designed for background design? Which one's the porg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I will say, as far as like um, teachers of bending, doesn't quite count. But uh, those poor koi fish of the North Pole, very <gasps> mm. low tier. They go yeah. down without a fight. <laughs> to be true. fair, it does unbalance the universe immediately after. So it's like yeah. you can but take him out, but you're going to wish hit. you didn't. Yeah. And then the ocean <laughs> spirit was like, well, I'm just going to hitch a ride with the avatar in this nice little. Would you describe that relationship as symbiotic, um, parasitic? I don't know. Mutualism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mutualism, I think, is yeah. pretty adequate. And, and then they go and kick ass. 
What? Oh, God. Of the many things I will never forgive the last Airbender live-action movie for, not including the bit with the fucking ocean spirit rampaging, is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the coolest thing in the movie. How could you not do that? Whatever. Still mad about it. Maybe anyway. Ran out of budget. I don't know. I mean, odds are good. Because for the final yeah. act, with the Avatar state, he raises the ocean and then he puts it back. And the Fire Nation's like, oh, it's so scary. And then they leave. <laughs> Whoa. Well, truly I haven't actually seen the movie, thank goodness. Oh, it's so stupid. You have to watch it. I've seen oh, it like no. twice now. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, honestly, it is astoundingly bad on every conceivable level. I don't know how a movie like that can cost that much money and be so incredibly terrible. But I could rant about that for multiple hours, so let's not. <laughs> All right, well, we will, uh, once again, uh, after annoying red to untenable levels, move on to the next question. <laughs> Okay, keep her moving. This one comes Heck from yeah. Una Beta to Tirzu. Do you think the human player base will see any evolutionary buffs or nerfs in future metas? And if so, when? Mm. Ooh, okay. Very interesting question. Um, I think we will continue to adapt to kind of keep in in step with our diet. Like, for example, mm. I mean, the I think everyone except for like Sub-Saharan Africa has at least some propensity for mutation for like the lactose tolerance gene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's so that, that's a pretty big buff, I would say, being able yeah. to gain XP just by taking milk from an animal, whereas most most creatures they can't do that. So that that's that's one thing. I think disease resistance continues to improve uh, as as humans get more gregarious. I mean, we're we're much less nomadic than we were, you know, twenty thousand years ago, and that creates a huge a huge necessity for being able to resist disease. I think mm. particularly with like parasites in, like for example, I think Sub-Saharan Africa, African populations have tend to have a mutation called sickle cell trait, which resists yep. malaria, which mm-hmm. is a huge advantage in Africa because you don't have that, you're probably gonna die. Whereas like, I don't know, back in maybe the 14th century, Europeans were very, very resistant to disease because if you weren't, you died of cholera or smallpox, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Which of course means that once they contacted uh, less, less, yeah. less uh, concentrated populations, yeah. disease was spread like wildfire, which is terrible. I think, I, I think what I've heard about that is that uh, essentially uh, parts of the world form what amounts to isolated disease environments where specific yeah. diseases circulate in those populations, but don't tend to leave because travel between those populations is very rare, which of course means that now that travel has kind of gone global, there's essentially only one disease environment now. Uh, There's so much just cross-travel that essentially any disease in any one disease environment will become global, (laughs) as we have found out in the last year. Mm -hmm. How fun is that? But I do think that actually is kind of major because what that means is that you don't have entire populations that are susceptible to just getting near other populations because, you know, it's not like there weren't diseases that were, you know, localized to the Americas before the arrival of, Yeah, syphilis was one. (laughs) Doesn't mm-hmm. kill quite as fast as smallpox, but definitely right. spread yeah. very quickly back to Europe when the uh, yeah. pioneers yeah. returned. Which so the funny fun. thing about syphilis is that like the, the <laughs> Sicilians called it the French disease, the French called it the English disease, yeah. everyone called it the someone else disease. Oh, it was just God. so funny and petty. <laughs> yeah. God. But yeah, I do think that's uh that's really, you know, improving the overall disease resistance worldwide just because people are getting exposed to more stuff. So you're developing immunity at earlier ages. Also, you know, all the yeah. vaccine stuff. So, you know, people aren't developing shingles and other, you know, polio sure. and stuff. You could, you of course, make the argument that as technology improves, that also inherently buffs the human population. Yeah. Whether yeah, that's yeah. through medicine or cybernetics or what, whatever else. Collective learning is OP as hell. <laughs> I mean, straight, being like, able to teach a prior generation completely busted completely busted turns out the social animal perk was like unlocking a whole other tree of just insane stuff (laughs) yep Uh, it's like the price we pay is that we don't like being alone and we have grooming habits and that's all we get (laughs) that's that's the only downside for the social animal stat buff you've gained teamwork you've also gained anxiety We've, you've gained certain kinds of specializations. I, oh man, that's one of the, the theories that I think is most interesting about like human neurodevelopment, which is the fact that like 
the, the idea is that certain kinds of neurodiversity are like evolutionary benefits. If you're like living in a group, it helps yeah. to have somebody who's like awake at night or like someone who really likes traveling and then coming back or someone who, yeah, you or know, someone who's hyper aware of their environment. Uh-huh, who's going to spot uh-huh. the predator that's approaching way before yeah. anyone else. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that kind of bioessentialism just in general, yeah, but I, I, yeah. I think it's a fun theory. I like, it might not be true, but I think it is kind of fun. Um, yeah. Like I wouldn't put too much stock in it, but it is essentialism. Cool. No. It's it's only like okay as a neat concept, and then as soon as you start following that thread, whether it's biological, geographical, cultural, mm-hmm, any of those mm-hmm. like essentialisms, as soon as you follow the thread, it's yikes. But like it, yeah. as a concept, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, oh, it's, it's interesting <laughs> how like formative features can like you know shape you know uh, the the outcome of, of of various events and stuff. But like as soon as you follow that line, uh, yeah, it gets it bad. Just, it immediately <laughs> sure. it God, I remember the first time I ran into a piece of stupid like that. I was like in high school, and someone was like, hey, can you tell me if these two shades of red are different i hear women are better at that because of all the berry collecting we did in prehistoric times and i was like (laughs) you know i I like you enough as a person that i'm gonna pretend you didn't say that and just tell you that this one is red good stuff but yeah no that that thread all like it it runs into stupid like one step away from the initial concept of oh human diversity is a survival trait but you know whatever yeah (laughs) so whenever you're you're a night owl uh pulling uh late evenings uh, you're keeping watch uh is what you're doing (laughs) i'm on tiger watch while you guys go to sleep (laughs) yeah someone from osp is always on tiger watch we'll never get got by a tiger (laughs) the channel that never sleeps (laughs) that's why i want to accidentally post a video at 1 a.m red's on the case (laughs) i am i could leave a comment saying blue's asleep right now but uh good stuff that video performed surprisingly well yeah, Bye. despite the fact that I, I nerfed it into not hitting trending because the, the yeah. time scale, we're, we're getting uh, out, out of the field of this question. <laughs> well, Let's out move of topic. on. <laughs> A shout out really to the Australians to... and on to the next question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one comes from The Sparrow. For both, I know that YouTubers' most popular videos aren't always necessarily their favorites. So what were your personal favorites from your channel? Nice. Huh. Patch, do you have okay. uh, anyone that jumps out for you? Uh, so in my case... Uh, my most popular videos are some of my favorites. I will say my most popular one, it was my favorite at the time, and now I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, this I could have done better with this. Um, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. But I will say my second most popular one is specifically about human evolution, the spreading of, of humans across the planet and how they came from. But it, it is my probably one of my favorite videos. It's got fantastic animation from this great documentary that was animated by the same people that made like i think the final fantasy games awesome. whoa um, which is pretty cool yeah i think That's it was square cool. enix animated it what a perfect um, overlap between content and uh, animation there. i know right yeah yeah it's crazy and it just it happened to be the perfect partnership like it wasn't even my idea this this company hit me up and was like hey would you want to turn this documentary into a tears of you and i'm like yeah whoa. it seems kind of good so uh that video turned out super well my other favorite video is one that i made recently and it's the fish tier list. I kind of pulled out all the stops in terms of uh, special effects and extra little pizzazz animations and stuff. And I think it's a really fun video, a lot of really cool fish. So I'm pretty proud of that one. And it is, it's not my most popular video of all time, but it is the most popular one from the past, like I think year and a half, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough to get those metrics because obviously the older ones have, you know, years of a head start. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the, the overall tier list videos are always so fun because you get to take, you know, a, a wide angle look at so many different things and do a lot of fun comparisons. So uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, one of the ones that's one of your favorites is uh, is doing very well and on track to uh, to take the top spot. Yeah. How about uh, you? Yeah. really cool. Well, I just checked, uh, and my highest performing video is the uh, HP Lovecraft Halloween special <laughs> with six and a half million views. Uh, mm. And I, I am still quite proud of that video. I, I gotta say, the number of people who were like, how dare you bring up that Lovecraft was a very racist person? That's not relevant at all to his writings about how racist he was. <laughs> it's just like, guys, that wore me down for a while and kind of soured my opinion on that video just because the response mm. was kind of dumb right. a lot of the time. And, and, you know, it turns out if you're like, hey, did you know this guy who wrote a lot about how terrified he was of everyone and everything that wasn't him had some opinions in real life that reflected that exact same sentiment. People get butthurt about that. Uh, but I am actually quite proud of that video. I think it was a lot of fun. But it, it's um, it's not the one I'm proudest of. And honestly, like, there's just a few videos that I'm like, you know what? I'm really happy with that. Uh, and it kind of cycles because 
there's like a window of time after I put up a video where I can't watch it anymore because I'm like, oh God, it's, uh, my voice sounds weird and the art's bad and I could have done better. And then I go back after like a year and I'm like, no, you know what? That's actually pretty cool. Like um, the, uh, the old video about King Arthur is actually doing fairly well and I'm pretty proud of that. It was like a deep dive before I was doing deep dive videos, just kind of going into the development of this story, where it started, how it changed, the number of people who were shocked to learn how much of Arthurian folklore is fan fiction was hilarious. <laughs> um, it's all of it. The answer is all of it. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, like the deep dives, you know, Aphrodite, Dionysus. I uh, now Loki. <laughs> yeah, now Loki, Hades, and Persephone. I kind of like all of them, um, but I, I don't think I have one specific favorite. I, I am uh, quite fond of the trope talk on tragedies. Actually, uh, that's a think, great one. I think I'm I'm like happier with that than its performance uh, reflected because like most of the trope talks do like fine, uh, but they're not our like top performers right now. But I was really happy with that one. Just kind of taking a genre and like do, giving it the deep dive treatment, going back as far as I could, seeing how it changed. So, yeah, I think that one's my uh, yeah. my current fave. Um, for me, I, I think my, my highest performing video is Ottomans, um, which, uh, was a good video. I, if I were to, to, to do it again, which I, uh, eh, probably not. Um, but I would have mentioned the fact that the Armenian genocide, uh, happened cause I, Ooh. it's the thing where it's like, do I want to open the can of worms and devote like the extra five minutes necessary to, to fully analyze it? I was like, yeah, I can't, uh, I, I was a coward and I shouldn't have been, but, um, mm. Uh, that one is very popular. I think my Africa video is also up there, which I am still atoning for. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite videos uh, is probably like my last two videos, uh, which is uh, Sappho, um, The mm. History Makers, because that's just such a cool discussion um, of, of how like a character exists and is understood by their culture over a very long stretch of time because it's not just like a look at this one person's poetry it's also a, a dive into how greek culture over the span of like 2600 years understood this character and how the, those changes you know like made her preservation and, and lack thereof um, uh, go the way I did. But also my my deep dive on the Age of Augustus was so much fun because I really love being able to take like what I now consider my first drafts. My old videos are just first drafts waiting to be re-summarized, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> perfectly presented into the, the the form they were always supposed to be in. And, and with Augustus, I, I wrote that as one video and I had to break it up because everyone said, Blue, you madman do not make that one half hour video. And now I can go back and, and actually make that possible. And there are a couple other ones where it's like, you know, I originally wanted to make this one video. I split it up into parts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stitch that back together. I'm gonna resummarize it. So the history resummarized, uh, read for the same reason uh, that your deep dives. It's like those big, you know, like mega projects, 20 plus minute, you know, the, uh, the big, uh, like full front to back uh, analyses are, are, are so much fun, very rewarding, but it uh, takes a lot of work to get to that in your case, because you do so much <laughs> research. And in my case, because I make the video twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit tricky. So, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, this next question is uh, not related to content at all. It's from Wimp, they, them. To huh. all, what is one weird, useless fact that just exists in your head and you've never gotten a chance to voice? Hit us with them uh, useless bits oh. of knowledge up in here. <laughs> That's... That's, That's tricky. Like my whole channel, like, though. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, and, and summoning those up with, you know, with no warning. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to just think of one on the spot. It, We've like, stumped name a woman. them. Can you think of uh, one? Like, can't think of anything. <laughs> I, uh, I have a fun piece of trivia knowledge that I hope is like that hasn't been deprecated by like later scientific development. But uh, as I understand it, there's a uh, there's a lot of evidence that Mars used to have like a fairly Earth-like watery atmosphere and stuff, but it doesn't have a magnetosphere, which prevents uh, the atmosphere from being wicked away by the solar wind. Like uh, Earth's magnetosphere uh, shields the planet from the solar wind, which would otherwise essentially strip the atmosphere molecule by molecule, which seems to have happened to Mars, which is such a fun concept. Like I want to see more sci-fi stories where they focus on how you can terraform a planet, but if you don't give it a magnetosphere, it's going to slowly become inhospitable over time. And also uh, about half of Mars, like hemisphere wise, is like miles lower than the other half. And it kind of looks like half of its crust got blown off by some kind of massive impact a while ago. <laughs> and uh, 
Which is Whoops. why whenever people do maps of like, this is what Mars would look like if it had water, half of the planet is ocean because half the planet is like lower than the other half. Uh, huh. I don't know why I know all this stuff about Mars, but uh, <laughs> they asked for random trivia knowledge and that's what I got. Is there yeah. actually like a, a layer of atmosphere called the magnetosphere because that's all? No, no, the, the, the magnetosphere is, uh, it's not a layer of atmosphere. It's essentially Earth's magnetic field. Um, it's produced by the spinning iron core Okay, uh, I have, which we do have. you know if it was named before or after the X-Men villain was first developed? <laughs> it might be pronounced magnetosphere, me. but magnetosphere <laughs> sounds stupid, so whatever. <laughs> Magnetosphery? No, stop that. <laughs> um, what's my piece of useless knowledge? I... I, I put a lot of those details in videos, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them I ended up throwing into my, my Three Dumb Italy Stories video at the beginning of the year because that was previously just dumb, useless knowledge. Like, oh, this is a statue of uh, uh, the Pope. It doesn't say it's the Pope. It is the Pope. There's a whole Napoleon thing about it. Like, that was one of them. And now I've, I've spent, I've played that card. <laughs> the trick um, is the, the channels are really just our outlets for our individual <laughs> hyperfixations that the people IRL yeah. won't listen to us gush about enough. Uh, so. Let's see. I'm trying to think if I have any good fun facts. I don't have anything educational. Um, well, you know what? This is slightly educational. Jake Dr Long, American Dragon's last name in Chinese is Dragon. So he's technically Jake Dragon, American Dragon, which I think is great. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. It's long. It's long. Nice. <laughs> like, like, like Shenron in Dragon Ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, that might yeah. be my favorite phenomena is when um, you have a TV show or a video game or what have you that uses uh, Chinese like flavor for names and they just whole, whole cock just like take one character for a very literal word and just drop that in as a last name. They're like, no, no, because it sounds cool. And I'm like, it's, you've named them Jake Dragon, American Dragon. And I'm not mad at that. I mean, but it's funny once it's, you know. It's by far better than making up something they think sounds like a Chinese name. That's true. Miss J.K. Rowling and <sighs> Cho Chang. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Painful. Christ. It's always something. Well, I guess one thing that I kind of, think about a lot is the way that our brains lie to us about mm. things that they did. Like <laughs> it, it'll like think to it, like it lies to itself, which is kind of crazy. But like, there's a lot of situations where, uh, the decision-making process doesn't even happen in the brain. Like for example, you like touch a hot stove or something and your, your, your arm will yank itself away. And that all happens in your arm. Like the neurons in your mm. arm do that themselves but the brain will convince itself that it did that. And there's so many instances huh. of other, other weird psychology phenomena where the brain will make up an excuse for itself for something <laughs> that, that it did. And you, and you, the person, the conscious person, will not realize this. And that, to it me, like, it totally throws into question, like, okay, what is real? Am I actually making these decisions? How does this all work? It's it is so very crazy. weird that our concept of self is so much smaller than clearly who we actually are and how we yep. work like even our conscious mind we know that there's a ton of stuff happening subconsciously and the fact that we're just cool with that that like our own brain does shit without our brain's approval is like yeah who's <laughs> signing off on all this crap any luck thinking up random trivia facts blue no i you, you can see if you saw the camera you see me just staring at my carpet having no blue, idea yeah. what's, uh... has stopped working um yeah, yeah. I, I can see the Once little you buffer put circle on the spot like this you're, yeah, you're not gonna be able to think we of got anything. um much <laughs> deeper answers to this question than I was expecting. I was expecting um, sort of responses on the level of like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's actual name is Poppin' Fresh. Like, yeah. so props to you guys for that. broke his foot when he kicked the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't know that at this point? Exactly. <laughs> How many listicles have brought that up? It's like, we get it. He's a good actor. <laughs> he committed yeah. to the role. All right, we'll 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 let Blue uh, yeah, slide no, on this I, one I, and move got, on to the next question. question. <laughs> I've got more space facts if people want, but <laughs> you can uh, follow us on Instagram for all those fun. I, okay, space actually, pictures. here oh, I, I've got, got one. one. I think I mentioned it before. Here we go. Yes, um, awesome. but uh, in Venice, uh, there are two different <laughs> flags for whether or not they're uh, at war or at peace. When they're at peace, the flag has the lion holding a book, and when they're at war, the lion's holding uh, the the lion on the flag is holding a small knife. <laughs> and they, they, they fly cat, different flags cat. for when, whether they're at peace or at war. 
Um, That's it's so kind of stupid. stupid, but it's pretty I love hilarious. It. I think I've mentioned that in the video, but I don't know if I actually have. I don't remember her learning it's that. An interesting so. foresight. Like, was the flag designer specifically? <laughs> She's like, oh, we're definitely about to go to war. I need to have two versions of this flag. <laughs> like, I, I think they had a bunch and eventually they just start. Well, well, we have like we have that one that's got the knife on it. And there's that one that has the book like eh, I having the knife out when we're not at war. And maybe it's a little threatening. Let's yeah. leave that one for when we're trying to send a message. Well, it is. It's nice to have like a base motif that you can kind of just do whatever with, you know, like you have the line and it's holding something. And so yep. however you feel, you can just be like, well, now it's holding this. Now it's holding this. Now it's going to have the knife. Now it's going to have the book. Maybe it'll have a telescope for when I'm really interested in space facts. Yeah, for war, so. a book for peace, and a margarita for when it's party time, baby. And that's yeah. the three flags of it. I kind of want to see one where it's like they just have like a little post-it note over the book with like a knife drawn on it. Because it's like the, the, the flags and the dry cleaners. And, you know, we don't want anyone to think we're not going to war. So... There, there's also one version of the flag where the lion's just holding a flask to celebrate the science fair that's going on that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> little Erlenmeyer flask. The lion there's, has goggles that week. <laughs> although actually, speaking of telescopes, another useless fact. Uh, okay. There were um, basically like the Medici in Florence had informants who would write like newspaper clippings to send back home to keep tabs on like everybody in Europe. And one of the dispatches that that was sent back over the course of a few months in like the 15 somethings or other was, hey, uh, Galileo and his team uh, invented a sight cannon that lets you project your vision far into the future to see <laughs> like distant things as if they're close. It's really cool. People are super jazzed about it. Uh, and then another dispatch. I heard some French guys are trying to make their own version of the sight cannon. I'll let you know how that goes. A couple months later, the French sight cannon is a piece of crap. Don't buy it if anyone tries to sell it to you. And like, what? that's the one part, two part, three part, like dispatch, like three act saga of Venetian telescopes and the French doing a very bad job of counterfeiting them. Uh, shot chaser. Fantastic. Amazing. There's my Venice facts for you. I don't know why my brain didn't instantly go to Venice. Yeah. I was thinking of like fun facts. No, the, the, replace fun with Venice and then I can I can help. Once the floodgates opened, you had it. Yeah. It's very on brand. Yeah. Floodgates, mm. Venice. Haha, <laughs> 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 jokes. Wow. What a rip-roaring good time this has been. Uh, this next question comes from Loki the Loki Loki Loki. <sighs> All these names. Uh-huh. Two Tier Zoo. Can you create the animal stats for Cleo? A.K.A. Um, oh. Blue's cat, who cameoed without making any sound earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. What are I, I don't know much about Cleo. Maybe you can tell me a bit yeah, so, about yeah, yeah, Blue, uh, give us, give us some. Let, let me fill Cleo. you in with, uh, with some of Cleo's uh, Cleo's features. She she naps a lot. She is an mm. extremely nappy cat. She is also a massive glutton. She knows exactly when she's supposed to get fed. And if she doesn't get fed, like on the dot, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., she will start like run up to one of the two of us and just meow at us until food appears in her bowl. Mm. Uh, She also knows how to be very strategic with her movements to wake us up such that if, say, she decides that she's hungry at like 5 a.m. instead, she will get on a high shelf and then like dive bomb onto either Cyan and I and just like land on us or right next to us such that we wake up and it's like, hello, Cleo. Good morning. I see you. You've had fun uh, base jumping today. I guess you'd like some food. Sure. Um, so she she really knows how to how to interact with humans to get what she wants. Uh, and she's also skilled jailbreaker. Cuddly. She's skilled, also a skilled jailbreaker. Uh, very skilled jailbreaker. Um, she can wriggle out of most situations. Uh, and she likes belly rubs. Uh, she is a cat that likes belly rubs. I know many cats don't. Okay. <laughs> but she nice. does. Okay. So does I, your cat I, bring you a lot of dead uh, <laughs> things as presents? No, she's an indoor cat only. Uh, okay, and she good. is re- actually, she's terrified yeah. of going outside. Uh, whenever the doors <laughs> open, she's like, nope, not about it. Not going to try it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, cats, like most felines, uh, are stealth hunters. And so a general, the general cat build is going to have uh, relatively high uh, power and very high stealth. It sounds to me like what you've just described your cat is a little bit below average on the stealth uh, chart. <laughs> yes. Um, making a lot of noise. That's yes. generally not something you want to do when you're a stealth predator trying to ambush something, making a bunch of noise, going to alert people to your presence. Not, uh, not maybe my ideal strategy. Um, with that said, it sounds like this cat has a fairly good bead on 
your head space and knows how to get what, what it wants, uh, which I would think means it's a relatively intelligent uh, build. So, yeah, I'd say above average intelligence, it's, below average in stealth. Uh, I'm sorry. At the, that picture. <laughs> she's Looking at like the picture, she, looking a little chonky, which is cool. Yeah, she, Maybe she, above, she, above average uh, uh, HP level. She's not usually that round. What's happening? <laughs> It's, it's the way that she's curved. Uh, uh, Indigo, I'll see if I can send you this so we can link it in the show notes or I'll just post it on Twitter or something. We'll, yeah. we'll tweet uh, the picture of Cleo out when the episode goes up because she is... Perfect. That is she maybe like the roundest like photo grandpa. I think I've ever seen of your cat. And you send us photos of Cleo like constantly. So it's impressive she's that you've managed so to smelt. hide this round one for so long. <laughs> yeah, so I... Patch, I think that is a very accurate assessment of Clea. Thank you for, for <laughs> you're, that you're uh, on-the-fly yeah. analysis of my <laughs> anytime, smart, anytime. unstealthy, chonky cat. <laughs> yeah, hey, being chonky has quite a few advantages, actually. In addition to higher yeah. HP, it get, grants you much higher toxin resistance, uh, raises the LD50 of almost every toxin, which is great. So mm. if your cat happens to get into any poison, it's probably going to uh, fare much better than a lankier cat. So you got that yeah, going for you. Know. <laughs> and for the record, we're describing her as Rubenesque from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta believe it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Perfect. Oh, oh, come ah. on. <laughs> anyway. That is cursed. All right. So this uh, last question, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you again, Tears You, for coming to guest with us today. We got one last place to stop off before we let you go. Um, comes actually from one of the OSP Greens. Oh, yeah. Which is a, a, a shorthand for any of the people whom I've ever had as a roommate. They are all green. <laughs> uh, and this yes. green uh, is actually one of the ones uh, uh, who studied biodiversity and conservation uh, in college. So we would watch uh, your Uh-oh. videos a lot back in the day. So <laughs> this is from uh, from that green. Sorry, Indigo, continue. Yeah, this green gave me a hard word to say, and so I'm already kind of peeved about it. We're going to do our best here. <laughs> Dear Zoo, which... Myrmecophage <laughs> ant eating build is best. Okay. Armadillo versus echidna versus pangolin versus anything else you can oh. think of. Um, nice. I was definitely going to say pangolin. Pangolin. Uh, oh, yeah. I, pangolin I is the ride or die. High AC. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yes. Among the myrmecophages, Myr- I think is how you Myr- say that. Myrmecophage, I would assume. Myrmecoph- yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Yes, I, I studied under a, a myrmecologist in college, so I, I had to learn that word a little bit. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways. Yeah, the pangolin, I think, is, is what I think is one of the stronger ones. Uh, the extraordinarily high defense level on that build, absolutely ridiculous. Nigh impenetrable defenses. Uh, one of the only uh, mammals to adopt the scale trait, you know, generally something you see in the reptile faction, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's great to see the that a mammal was able to spec into that ability and make it work. I think it's really cool. I also really love the giant ant eater. Uh, it's able to fight off like leopards and jaguars. I think Damn. probably just jaguars because it's South America. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, anything that can fight off a jaguar, a plus in my book. Um, so yeah, myrmecophagy, great strategy overall. Great source of of food. Uh, with relatively little, relatively little risk involved in pursuing said food. So uh, great strategy. Great build. I My favorite thing about pangolins is that they always like hold their little hands together and they look like they're afraid to deliver yes. bad news. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, my liege. Who's from the front? <laughs> exactly. They're so adorable. They're so excellent. And it's good to yeah. know that they have a pretty you know sturdy build on top of that. So... We have no choice yes. but to... Unfortunately, stay. also the most trafficked animal yes. in the world. Because what? Pangolin, what? Uh, pangolin scales, I, I think, are uh, a component in some Eastern medicine. I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, there's but, some. Yeah, it, similar to like the rhino horn. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a commodity oh, no. that unfortunately has a really inflated value, and it's leading to a lot of trafficking of that animal. Yes. Well, now I know the plot of the next Mission Impossible movie. Yes, <laughs> or the next pandemic to... for all we know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Or the next... See, I just kind of want to see Tom Cruise with, like, an armload of pangolins clinging to the outside of a space shuttle or whatever. Amen. I can get on board with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's got to have the tall We're thing getting to cling you home. to. Might as well add a bunch of pangolins into that. I'm trying to think of, like, what yeah. the best way to carry multiple pangolins would be. Because is is, if you're one trying like to cling backpack? to something on a wall... Like, do you stick them in a backpack? Like, one of those, like, baby slings, you know? 
No, okay, here's what's happening. Like, it, it looks like the bad guys just shot him, but it turns out the pangolins have formed a protective shield around him, and there he's wearing Walter. armor made of living pangolins that have gotten attached to him over the course of the rescue mission, which is why... And so he's, like, wearing it like, it, like it's a suit of, like, Sentai armor. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and guesting with us today, Tier Zoo. Um Red, I yeah. know you have been taking a little break for the last two episodes, but do you oh, remember the on, outro? Man. Stop putting me on the spot like this. <laughs> uh, wait, but up. before we go, uh, Tier Zoo, uh, where can uh, uh, people who oh, want to yes. see more of your channel uh, find you? Yes, by oh, time. Sure, by yes. Time. If you're interested in watching videos on uh, wildlife ecology and evolution, but framed through the lens of gaming, you can check that out at youtube.com slash Tier You can also find me on uh, Twitter, Reddit, a bunch of other social media. But yeah, YouTube check it out we'll link all of uh awesome. your social handles and um youtube channel in the show notes below as well so if people are looking to check you out go on th- down there it's it changes location on every podcast platform and i keep seeing people ask about it the show notes do exist and you can find them i just I, there's no <laughs> one location for them unfortunately because if you're listening on spotify versus apple Podcasts, it's different it's the whole thing they're there the links are in yep. there Red. Remember when YouTube comments went from the right-hand side to underneath the video and everyone lost their minds? <laughs> they Man, changed 2006 it on was wild. <laughs> they, they changed it on mobile, too. It went from being at the bottom of the recommendeds list to being at the top of the recommendeds list. And oh, yeah. for a while, if you scrolled down, there'd be a little, like, if you're looking for the comments, they're up there now. <laughs> it's a little button. Anyway, uh... <clears throat> Thank you all so much for listening. And if you want more of that sweet, sweet OSP content, go check out our channel on YouTube. If you want to ask a question for the next pod, you can follow the link in the description to the Ask OS Pod channel on Discord for a chance for your question to be featured on the air. Until next time, I've been Red. I've been Blue. Uh, and I'm Patch. Yeah! <laughs> and this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on April 28th with another thrilling entry in the Will Red Remember the Outro Saga, but if you miss us before then, head over to Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube. Support the show through our Patreon, or join the community on Discord and drop some questions for the podcast and ask OS Pod. Links to all that and our guest Tearzoo's channel can be found in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the pod, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform of choice. And thanks again for tuning in.